0: Welcome everybody to another episode of the Righteous Prick Podcast I'm your host J.L. Covan at 7.56 p.m. Eastern on Easter Sunday, April 9th In the year of our Lord 2023 The day the Lord hath made in the year the Lord hath made How about that? Did you have that on your faith-based half bingo card? I don't think so So as you can tell from my voice, or maybe you can, maybe you're not listening closely, I'm still under the weather. My lack of sleep, my lack of will to live, my lack of apparently uh, white blood cells. I don't know what's happening to my immune system. I have full-blown comedy. All right, guys, we went right past HIC and we're right into full-blown comedy. Um, It's a fatal case. So, lots to talk about today, tonight, whenever you listen to this. Um, Obviously, the the good news for all of my fans is I don't really have any more shows to promote. So, uh, you're off the hook, guys. You no longer have to feel guilty that you're ignoring shows I have. Now I don't have shows. So, you win. Comedy career over. Are you happy, fans? I do have one show, Red Bank, New Jersey, April 29th. Info is on my website. Feel free to ignore it, but it is a very good show. Um, Headlined by Bonnie McFarlane. So I figure if this is the last show of my career, it's fitting that I go out as a feature act. I came into this world as a middle act, and I go out of the comedy world as a middle act. Um, We tried we we did the best we could guys we we got famous um that's usually good we we worked hard on our comedy we had talent we got famous and when you put that all together and you shake it all about that's what fucked up my career apparently um because it didn't work so you know some people um, for some people hard work fame and talent is a winning combination. For me, it was the kiss of death. So, Red Bank, New Jersey, April 29th. Come see uh, Requiem for JLC. It should be truly historic and fun for the three people who know who I am that come to the show. Uh, uh, Lots to talk about. My special. Guys, I I watched the first, uh, just a rough edit. Not even an edit. It It was just one camera of... Tall boy. so there was voting on my Patreon, and guys, you exceeded all expectations. I have 102 Patreon subscribers. Will you be number 103? Of course not. Um, all it has is bonus podcasts, exclusive videos, tons of content you can't get anywhere else. But why would a JL Covan comedy fan want more exclusive comedy from JL Covan? That doesn't even make sense. Jeez, what was I thinking? But I put up a poll and I predicted like 15% uh, participation, but you blew me away with 42% participation. 42 people, as of this podcast, out of 102 paying comedy fans, so just a tick under 42% participation, um, clicked on a button on a free post that required less than one minute of reading. So the engagement is off the charts right now for my families. Almost half, almost half of my Patreon subscribers participated in a 30-second poll question that will determine the title of my eighth album slash second special. So not an important thing I'm doing, just the second special ever in my career. But good, 42%. So thank you, 42%. Um, you, you, uh, You did it. And everybody else who didn't uh, couldn't find the time—that's okay. Thank you for your money. Thank you for your uh, support. I guess your patronage. I don't know if support is maybe the right word. Patronage. Thank you for your thanks for your money. I don't know if I have any support from you, but thank you for your money. Um, but Tall Boy, which was—I was already leaning towards—but Tall Boy is going to be the title of uh, the second special. Which at this rate, we're we're Vegas has it at fifty-fifty odds that tall boy ends up being my first special um i wrote something interesting on facebook today uh which is basically um half blackface the first special soon to become the second special was first recorded in october of 2021 before the nba season began the 2021-22 nba season half blackface is not out yet and the 22-23 nba season just concluded the regular season so that's impressive to make it two full nba seasons two easters i'm about i was 42 um i'm sorry i was 40 yes i was 42 when we recorded half blackface and i turned 44 in 15 days so a lot of milestones are just being blown away Uh, While half blackface, I'm guessing it was a catch and kill operation. If you don't know what a catch and kill operation is, congratulations. You have not been paying attention to uh, any news regarding Donald Trump for the last seven years. Um, He uh, basically catch and kill is when like the National Enquirer had would buy the exclusive rights to a story and then never publish it so that they had like the legal right to snuff out stories that were not favorable to Donald Trump. I think that's what's happened with half blackface. I think they just bought the rights to it and paid me my money and they're, and are just never going to do anything with it. And and my only question with that, the question that has bothered me for years in my comedy career, fine. Let's say there is a conspiracy against me. I just want to know who and why that would, I, I think I would sleep well at night instead of waking up at two forty five in the morning, every fucking night for the last three years as the bags under my eyes get heavier, darker, and make me an uglier human being inside and out. I just want to know who and why. That's all. Uh, But I probably never will find out, and maybe it's just God that hates my comedy. Anyway, guys, what if Westboro Baptist Church just starts showing up to funerals of comedians holding up signs saying, God hates JL's comedy. Anyway, guys... Special updates. There it is. I'm very. I've watched Tall Boy, just the, the the straight through shot with no edits and everything. I've already made some editorial notes about some things to edit out, but very happy with it. It's a really strong hour, and I think, you know, as I always have to on my own hype, man. Um, these are two. This is a, a double barreled shotgun of fucking hot, intense, strong original comedy. There ain't no gimmick here. It's not like, look at me. I'm fucking, uh, jerking off while drinking whiskey, doing a special, Ooh, or this is the crowd work, guys. This is, um, I'm, I'm just making content and abusing the platform I have to produce, you know, marginally prepped comedy, but presenting it as a special. These are two fucking aces in the hole. These are fucking dynamite. So, at some point, I hope the dwindling fan base I have, uh, you know, watches them, enjoys them, spreads the word. But at this point, guys, who gives a shit? Nobody. I agree. But it's, uh, it's my nightmare scenario, as you know. It's that I, after all this time, I thought I was making specials for a bigger fan base and going to make an even bigger impact on my comedy career. Like once people who already liked me for impressions saw that I was an elite prolific stand-up comic with not one but two great specials coming out in a short amount of time but the truth is that's the fantasy that I've been I mean it's a it's a rational evidence fact-based fantasy that I thought was going to come true but it, but it's not we all know it's not going to come true it's not going to end up like that at all um but you know my nightmare is that I would make great work for a long time and nobody would hear it or see it and, and on on that note Thank you to the, I had made a petition on Patreon and on this show and on Making podcast Great Again that all my albums were now back up on uh, Amazon, I, Apple, um, Tidal. These were obviously, this was a very distressing situation because it was literally my life's work. And if I'm going to leave this business and not achieve my financial or uh, other, other kind of entertainment career goals, I I was very upset because it was like, but my legacy then is my work. My work is still there. If two people want to listen to it, then so be it. But they're going to hear this good material that I worked hard on and and leave to the world. And those disappeared due to a fucking bullshit lawsuit who's, when I exited the lawsuit, it totally fucked things up um, that shouldn't have been because of lazy, irresponsible work. But uh, I got them back on. They're all on on various platforms no not on everybody and as soon as you name like nine platforms the the only people who speak up are but what about schnitzelplitzel you don't didn't you didn't load your stuff up on schnitzelplitzel it's really it's they're they're they 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 have really affordable subscription plans so you should really think about getting yourself on schnitzelplitzel because that's actually like more of a platform for the people and if you don't do that jail you're just a fucking hack and I'm and 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 fucking terrible um and so so they're on a lot of platforms but not on spotify um not on pandora right now because that's related to the lawsuit uh the serious pandora stuff here comes cookie she obviously liked the sound of leader schmitzel or whatever the fuck i called that fake platform there probably is a real platform named that it's a very hot platform in finland um so so over the last week, I made uh, social media and podcast pleas to fans and and, and supporters and, and friends. Hey, you know, now my stuff's back up. So if you if you buy it, great. If you've already bought it, don't feel like buying it again. Maybe stream it. Cookie, cut the shit. If you don't feel like... If you've already streamed it or you're not in the mood, just get, leave, a, leave a review. Leave a five-star review on Amazon or, or preferably Apple. And so I checked uh, a, a day ago. I checked... Um, you know, just curious. Like, oh, let's see how many ratings and reviews. You know, I got a lot of fans. They they obviously know this meant a lot to me. Even if it's just podcast listeners and stuff, you know, as Twitter kind of suppresses me and ignores me, that's fine. But, you know, I, I still have, like, you know, hundreds of people had, had reviewed these albums. Thousands had bought them over the years and streamed them. So, like, it just let's just see how many, how many reviews we have. And out of six albums that are now back up, there was on Apple, drumroll, please... One total review and uh, rating. I didn't even look to see if it was a review, but there was one total rating. Six albums, five of them didn't have any ratings or reviews. One had one rating. So thank you again. I get the message loud and clear. I I appreciate the honesty, um, but, you know, that's... It costs nothing but a minute of a fan's time And the answer to that was one fan did one thing So thank you whoever that one fan was um, you, 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 My heart feels uh, one five star rating bigger tonight because of you So thank you to all of you one person out there who, who lifted me up Okay, I feel seen by exactly one fan or friend might not even be a fan might have just been a friend saying god jail seems depressed let me do my part as i'm sure many of his fans will well fan friend person maybe just somebody who meant to leave a review on someone else's album and accidentally did it on mine thank you i feel seen i feel heard i i i feel worth something tonight so thank you one person who, who heeded my call, and to everybody else, uh, your input is valuable too. As I wrestle with the decision to quit comedy, you you make you, you help me make the decision easier. You are, you are not the wind beneath my wings, but you are the speed with which I rip off a Band-Aid. So thank you. You are making that decision so much easier. Um, last, uh, also last week, for those of you who are making podcasts Great Again fans... Um it should come as no surprise that the title of the podcast was supposed to be It's a Raining Trump, which was a pun on the song It's Raining Men, but instead the title of the song of the episode was put in by my partner as It's Raining Trump. So um, you know, like I said, there comes a point where everything in comedy that you're associated with feels like disrespect from the smallest thing like ruining a joke while typing in a title um, to your fans and not rating your albums to not having any shows on your calendar and having no clubs reply to your emails. So guys, this is going to be a fun episode after this. Now that I've gotten that off, off my chest, um, you know, the end is near and that's okay. And I feel uh, in the words of R.E.M. and Michael Stipe, who I who I was, th- I was always impressed because I was just convinced he was living with full-blown AIDS for three decades. And it turns out he just looked sickly, um, but was not on his deathbed from 1986 till present. Um, but as he said so eloquently, it's the end of J.L.'s career as we know it, and he feels fine comedy really sucks i don't know the rest of the words but i don't know i got this just turned into a tommy boy parody anyway guys let's talk about more fun stuff but that's just an update on your 19 favorite comedian um although i'm probably out of the top 20 for most of you uh but that's okay thank you for even listening to this um but yeah i gave you an update on the special the specials how about that we have two specials now in development with uh uh anally rape jl's comedy career without lube productions um, I have three movies I want to share review with you. Some funny charity news, and uh, oh yeah, and let's just talk about SNL right now. Um, that's the other thing. Since I don't reach anybody on Twitter anymore with my with my platform, as I've been shadow banned, and Elon Musk hasn't re- fixed that uh, in my favor, um, it hurt watching SNL this week because people were just going gaga over the James Austin Johnson Trump Easter thing. And I just thought listening to it, I was like, 80% of this sketch right now is either from my Easter video in 2020, or the video I just did this week, The Passion of Donald Trump, where I basically go through the entire Good Friday story, um, where Trump compares himself to Jesus. And of course, it was off the cuff. I think it was better, obviously. But once again, it's History is written by the winners, and I think comedy is no different. So I can leave this chronicle to uh, 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 hundreds of truly uninvested, apathetic fans, and I don't blame you for that. I'm, I'm checking out of the Hotel Covan Fornia as well. But uh, such a shitty place, such a tired face, when your career gets fucked up at Hotel Cova Fornia... You want to end it all and hope your special comes out by the fall. I don't know, guys. I don't I don't know. I'm, I, even my music freestyle skills are abandoning me right now. Um, but it's it's history is written by the winners and I am not a comedy winner. I am a comedy loser. And so SNL and James Austin Johnson, and I have a friend, Manny, a good friend from from college, um, who was the first to alert me to the fact that he thought, like this was a few years ago, like pre-pandemic. He said, I think somebody at Seth Myers is listening to your podcast. Because he's like a big Seth Myers fan, like Late Night Show. And he just started to hear things that we were doing, and by we I mean me, doing on Making Podcasts Great Again, popping up into like Seth Myers' bits on Trump. And... Who really cares? At this point, I don't even care if somebody's stealing from me because I've already lost. Like, that's the one thing I'm able to sort of let go of, which is like, oh, the game's over. Like, like if I were still in the game, you'd hear me angry like I was in 2020 or 2021 or 2022 or last week. But I've come to a new Zen place of peace right now, which is I've lost and now I'm going to accept that. But it is, it is just, there's a, a little bit of frustration still just knowing why couldn't I even just written for SNL obviously there's very few people putting out the volume nuance and breadth of sort of political satire as an individual that I've put out since 2020 like maybe nobody obviously the Daily Show is like a show with a team of writers and staff putting out lots of great stuff SNL same kind of thing but as a, just an individual, and it's the kind of thing where I go, well, if I can't be the star, if I can't be the face, I, can I get a job writing? Can I be in the mix? Because is my talent and my productivity not worth a, a look in some capacity in this business? But when I get not rejected but completely ignored, well, and rejected by any and all representation I seek out, there's there's nobody to go to bat for me. There's nobody to even make an intro or ha- tell me when to submit for something, or to alert someone of my work. Um, it's, it's sort of like, I, I, just, I, I just sort of don't exist in the comedy world, as, as much as, I, as it pains me to say that, and as much as it feels like I've done things that do make me exist. For all practical purposes, between the shadow ban, no representation, seeing my own work, done slightly worse in many respects especially when it comes to trump um and not being able to even get any kind of side opportunity or like entryway into kind of more established industry jobs in comedy then 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 it's 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 a rap so but but it, it it just you know i I'm, I'm trying not to be jealous i can be very mad about my own work and the disrespect shown to my work but i try not to be jealous but i, I just felt like if if I wasn't getting fucked by Twitter, at least half a million people would have seen my my Trump Easter like passion of Donald Trump video that I put out Friday morning, just just based on the following I have. But I can't even get my own followers to see it. So you just um like I've lost, you know. And I think it's it's maybe time for me to be a good loser, you know, instead of a sore loser. Um, but it's. You know the, the 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 one thing I can't forgive is 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 half blackface because that wasn't you know that that's unforgivable um, as far as this business goes because that's obviously somebody who through negligence ineptitude etc really fucked the most important thing of my career so other than that I'm trying to not get too bogged down in in jealousy or bitterness. Um, But, you know, then you see that you put out stuff and your own followers don't see it and they're hyping up this thing that came out days later put together by an entire staff of professionals and you no longer even have the corner that you built up for yourself. I no longer even have that that Trump forget the even impression the thing I've always had a million times more than anybody else was was the volume accuracy creation of all that specific prescient and over-the-top content as trump and other political figures but it's it's you know this was it was a real wake-up call because i was like wow even my own followers don't even know what i'm putting out so it, it reminds me of i think i've t- shared the story before but it's one of those stories that sort of, you know, boosted my ego as a, as a very new comedian. Because I thought, well, at least my brain is on the right, is on the same trajectory as like comedy stars. And it was, I did a sketch, not a sketch, a bit early in my, like first year. First year of my stand-up career in D.C. Wasn't even a career then. First year of trying stand-up comedy. And I had this Arnold Schwarzenegger impression that was really good. Uh, of course, incredibly hacky. Um, but the impression was good. And, and as has always been the case, it was the material that I was doing. That was just a little funnier than the average impersonator. And the bit was about an, like a Schwarzenegger family reunion where instead of calling everybody by their full name, like grand uh, like grand you know, grandpa Schwarzenegger or what I was like, that's too long. So basically the joke was every Schwarzenegger referred to themselves as a nagger. Like, take out the Schwartz. And in an Arnold Schwarzenegger accent, you're just he's walking his like nephew around the, the family reunion and going, I'm sorry, the impression is not that good anymore. I haven't done it in at least 15 years. But he's he's just walking around going, don't be... <laughs> I can't do it anymore, but don't... Sh- Listen to me. Don't be a lazy-ass nigga like your Uncle Frank. You want to be a big, strong nigga like your Uncle Arnold. And it was like it killed and it killed with black and white. Um, Although there was one tape where, and I always prefaced it smartly with a bit about being half black and you know, so 99% of, of audiences in DC just fucking embraced it and thought it was hysterical. So I'm doing that as like my closing bit for like months four through seven of my comedy career and then Dave Chappelle did a sketch, which was a part my language, but the the nigger family, a white family whose last name was nigger. And the, the, the running joke was everybody calling them the N-word. And I got texts from three different comics the night after that sketch or the night of that sketch that were just like, oh, man, sorry, dude. Not suggesting Dave Chappelle stole it from me, but they were just like, oh, well, now a much more famous person has done it. So, like, your Schwarzenegger family reunion sketch is, like, done. And I just took it in stride. And I was obviously a happier person back then and and, uh, not bitter and not jaded at all. I was still just very enthusiastic. But I was able to see the positive there, which was like, well, wait a second. I'm seven months in to being a stand-up comedian and i just did a bit that basically could have been a well-received funny sketch on a hit comedy central sketch show i said well, okay that's that's something to to be to be proud of and to just say okay well you know maybe i got a head for this maybe i got a brain and, and some skills for this because nothing wrong with being on the you know at 7 months in being in uh having at least a moment of Chappelle show worthy comedy in your in your belt so i was able to look at that positively now i think i need to kind of revert to that skill set again but almost in a way of saying hey it's okay it's okay if this doesn't work out like you 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 have you clearly have saturday night live impressions ability and and writing ability and it just didn't happen for you but you know, if you told somebody that seven months into their career, they could have written at least one sketch for Dave Chappelle and had it made it to air. And 20 years into their career, they're, they're just, they're at SNL's level, but just two days faster. That's, that's a, that's a skill set one can be proud of, even if they are not happy at all with the, the results. And, you know, it just stings a little more when your own followers are like, this is amazing. And it's like, Well, gee, I I shared the other thing seven times, but only 10% of my followers saw the thing I was trying to share to, to, you know, to showcase some timely humor. So what, what can you do? You just have to go, Okay, it's like I give up, but not in like a I'm done with life, but just like I give up because it's the. It's the healthy thing to do it's the mentally healthy thing to do to just accept maybe giving up is the wrong way like I accept I accept that this is what it's gonna be that that maybe I missed an opportunity and, and I you know the, the half blackface opportunity is the one that will always justifiably sting me like like a, like an assault um, but beyond that it's just Um, maybe I had a bad face, uh, maybe I had a bad timing, maybe I had a bad attitude, maybe I couldn't help who I was, or maybe I had too much righteousness for a career that requires compromise and glad-handing, um, maybe I'm a dick, maybe I look like a dick, and people just found that off-putting, but whatever the reason is, this is where we ended up, um, and... There are things that I wish were better. I, th- I wish maybe the fan base was a little more engaged, not as passive, not as just kind of passively accepting all the free stuff that comes across their timeline, but, but on the whole more engaged in my stuff, but so be it. That same passive audience helped make me a lot of money and boost me in the algorithm. So, so everybody who became a fan of mine played a part in my success in some way. But it just doesn't feel like I have the success that I I definitely didn't have the success I wanted, but I didn't have the success I think I had earned. Um but but it is what it is. Um, and and outside of half blackface, I think I just have to accept that as them's the breaks, you know, and that's that's a lot of people get tough breaks in in more devastating ways, in tougher things than I have. So you just have to you have to deal with it, I guess. And and I'm trying to deal with it. Um I want a JL Jinx update. Let's get into some funny stuff because I got three movie reviews for you. But a JL Jinx update, guys. So as you know, or maybe you don't know, but from 2020 in 2021 and 2022, I was like a an ambassador for for the charity Hope for Haiti, which does incredible work uh basically with healthcare and and education for for kids in Haiti and and the country is just a fucking utter and complete disaster right now and the first year i raised a lot of money i think i ended up in the last two years i donated like twelve thousand dollars to hope for haiti and i raised like eleven thousand dollars for hope for haiti which is which feels about right that's about the right ratio i i get on my comedy career um but I was proud of that, and they were they were enthusiastic about how, you know how I was able to do it. But other people raised a lot more money than me. But hey, that's still I was very generous out of my own pockets, and still am. I give two hundred bucks a month to Hope for Haiti, because um, it's just a very worthwhile um, charity uh, with with some nice nice people running it. And so they asked me this year if I'd be interested again, and I just said to them, I was like. Between my shoulder pain, I'm not going to be doing any of the walking in the month of April, really, to, to, to sort of raise awareness. And I thought, I'm happy to keep donating, but I'd like to take at least this year off because I just feel like I'm not reaching people with my platform the same way. And I also said, in total honesty, I said, I'm supposed to have a special coming out soon. And I just, you know, I'll send out some tweets and stuff, but I'd rather just not commit Um if I'm going to only be giving this the, the bare minimum attention and effort. And they're like, we understand. That's great. Thank you for your continued generosity. And I, and I am like, I'm putting my own money in where I just was like, I didn't want to sign up and be like, Hey, I'm doing this. And then like barely do any, make any efforts. And then a, like two weeks after I decline that, I see that they have announced their celebrity like ambassador for the, for this campaign, Jody Sweeten of Full House, or as I called her full blouse not when she was a kid but when she was all a grown-ass woman and all of a sudden i was like um that's the middle child on full house and that's why i called her full blouse because she was fucking stacked and i was just like isn't that like the JL jinx first two years it's like oh, it's covid can't do anything and i'm like i'm raising money like a motherfucker and then the third year i'm like hey i gotta bow out this year i just got some other stuff going on physically and, and career-wise and um, but I'll just keep donating, and then maybe next year I'll jump back in, like give my full effort, if you guys still want it. Even though I'll probably have like minimal reach and a Twitter account that's that's on life support, thanks to Elon Musk and uh, and and also the the previous algorithm. And then they were just like, okay, well this year we have um, we have a, 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 a stacked star from the '80s who's who's right in your wheelhouse, Jale. She's going to be the celebrity endorser. So and, and I'm just waiting for that email, which is like, oh, and, and we're having a meet and greet for only our ambassadors. And oh, uh, if we didn't mention this, Jody Sweet just broke up with her boyfriend or husband and is on the mend. And she's always said she she wants to do more for the Haitian community, including possibly date um, and fornicate with uh, with with like a, a, a comedian uh, not named Eric Andre, who's half Haitian. And it would be like, oh, well, that's funny. Well, maybe next year. Um, Oh, no, Jody already said she is not participating at all in uh, Hope for Haiti next year. This was a one-time offer only. Um, So uh, JL Jinx wins again. No, obviously that's a perverse, disgusting fantasy, guys, and it's wrong. And I'm kidding. I think it's great that she's uh, doing this for Hope for Haiti, but I just thought it was very funny that a celebrity I found attractive is like the the celebrity ambassador this year, like as soon as I back, and like next year I'll be like, I'm all in, who is it? And they'll be like, Sarah Cooper has donated her time to lead this great charity this, this year. So everybody um, give a round of applause for Sarah Cooper. And I'll be like, come on, man. Why'd you do this to me? Where's Jody Sweetin? Are you sure that like, I don't know, Does Christina Hendricks not give a fuck about Haiti? Could she be the celebrity chick this year? I mean, ambassador, whatever, sex worker. I don't know. What word are we using for ambassador this year? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But that's your JL Jinx update. The JL Jinx, brought to you by Ron Reagan, not afraid of destroying JL's life. Um, Before I get to the movie reviews for the week, one more thing. I think I met my soulmate on the train today. The only problem was I was with the Righteous Girlfriend. So that was a real, that threw a real wrench into it. But I'm on the train. We're headed out to see the Righteous the righteous Girlfriend's mom for Easter. And uh, we're on the train and it's going all right. You know, we got one Spanish guy sitting there listening to the phone. Uh, so like watching TikTok so loudly that I was like, that's just loud regardless of whether you're fucking rude or not that's just that's like i am rude and also literally deaf and so this guy gets off though at an early train stop so we're chilling it's like the train's mostly empty after like elizabeth new jersey so we're having a just pleasant i'm reading the paper we're chit-chatting and then for the stop we're getting off at we've got to go three cars down um only like two cars on the train open up at the stop we were getting off at so we head back down there and we sit and it's mostly an empty car there's a woman sitting right now right across from the two of us there's a african-american man i always like to say african i never say african-american except when i'm trying to be um like like clinically douchey there's a black dude And then there's like an older white guy and then like one person I couldn't see. So it's a very fairly empty car. If you know New Jersey Transit, there's a large cars. But the black dude is watching something on his phone with vulgarity, of course. Uh, It's never like a Joel Osteen sermon or a kid's cartoon. It's always like, so then I put my dick up the bitch's ass and she said, and so not quite that, but you get what I'm saying. So he's watching something at a volume I didn't know a cell phone could make like like we're getting to this point now where i'm just i don't understand what we're doing as a society and the blog that i'm currently writing which will hopefully be up on the website tomorrow if not tuesday is just about it's 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 specifically about broadway theater etiquette but it's it's obviously emblematic of like Basically, once we've lost Broadway, then there are no snooty places left to just act right once in a while. And with decorum. But um, it's uh, we're sitting there, and this guy has his phone on so fucking loud. Like, so loud. It wasn't just like, oh, that's kind of annoying. It was like, that's interrupt other people's conversations volume. And I don't know why nobody has fucking headphones anymore. I don't know when this became like, a thing? I, I don't get it. I used to be... I'm always embarrassed when my phone, like, makes a noise. I'm like, oh shit, I, I didn't realize that video on Facebook was going to make noise. Sorry. Now people are like, no, no, I'm I'm watching... Um, I'm watching porn at full volume with no headphones in this crowded train car full of um, fifth graders. Why? It's my... It's my right. It's a free country. I'm not hurting anybody. Fuck y'all. And... So, I, as a joke, something I've always wanted to do, and I decided to just do it. I took my phone out, cranked up the volume, and just started playing TikTok and just sat there, not even looking at my phone, just letting it play for about 10 seconds. I looked to my left, and the curly, short haired blonde woman, probably like five years younger than me, uh, and the righteous girlfriend caught her give me a dirty look. And she looked at me and said, It's okay everybody's doing it and if i told you i came in my pants at that moment do you think i'm lying because i looked at her and said oh no i was doing it and and the righteous girlfriend stepped in for me as well having seen the dirty look She was like oh no he's doing it as a joke because he thinks that's awful this woman other than the invisalign braces which i saw because i was close enough I, I, I mean, I don't think I've ever experienced love at first sight, but I, I today I think I experienced love at first righteous indignation at what society has become, because this woman just went, yeah, everybody on this train, and it's everybody, and I go, oh yeah, the rudeness is everywhere, and she was like, yeah, everybody was just I, and she said. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm getting hard again. She said, Yeah, I guess I'm the asshole who forgot their headphones and just swiped on stuff today. I'm like, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This woman, this is like fucking weird science where it's like, Oh, my God. You, you, you curly haired, slightly younger than me, thick blonde woman who hates what society has become. Oh, my God. Like, I don't. <sighs> And I know I'm a good actor, not just because of my tour de force performance on Billions, but the Righteous Girlfriend knew nothing of what was going on in my heart or in my loins. Because this woman just, she kept talking and then she went the extra mile. I mean, I thought I was on like the greatest first date of my life. She goes, yeah, and it's getting worse. There was some woman on the train coming out, having like a speakerphone conversation And the ticket taker came by and said, can I see your ticket? And the woman said, can't you see I'm on the phone? And I just went, oh my God, oh my God, I've made a great mistake. Oh my God, I can't believe, and you're getting off at the same stop. You're getting off at the same stop. Like, what, what have I done to offend the Lord so much that he would put me so close to my soulmate, and yet so far? This... The only thing I did that was mildly flirtatious is when we were all walking off the train and going our separate ways. I just said, have a nice day. But what I really was saying with that have a nice day is, will you marry me? Because the Invisalign braces can come off. They'll be off soon, I'm sure, because her teeth looked straight to me. But she was a seven in looks. And a fucking fifty-eight in personality. I just could I was just like, I the the Lord clearly hates my comedy, but just sent me an angry angel to to share in this misery over what we're becoming in society. Like I really like in the movie version of this encounter there's like a sex a fantasy sex scene where she's just like i'm fucking doing her and she's just whispering in my ear all the fucking things that annoy her and she's just like why don't they bring headphones with them ah oh, oh, fuck oh okay oh my god and and she's just like who goes to a Broadway play and doesn't fucking silence their phone? Oh god! Oh god! Oh god! Oh god! Oh god! Oh, god, oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, my god oh, oh, oh Like that's that would be the scene for for thirty minutes. It would be her, like, grabbing me by the neck and 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 yelling and whispering, all the things she hates about society, and they just happen to be exactly what I hate. And I just, I was like, I just, I'm, I said I have to share this with the podcast because, yes, you've heard me for like 25 minutes lament what's wrong with the comedy world for me. But today, God sent me a new messenger. Um, and I'll probably, I'll never see this woman again. But I will never forget this woman. Um, just, and the fact that she, like, the fact that she gave me a dirty look. Like, I might as well have just turned to her and said, can you please spit in my face so I know this love is real? She gave me a dirty look and then, like, passively, aggressively said to me, it's okay, everybody's doing it. Like, she was like, I don't approve, but at this point, I fucking give up. You're all fucking trash, and I was like, Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, oh, oh. Like I, I was the weeping feminine virgin in the fantasy movie scene, which is like, oh my god, I, 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 this is what I've dreamed. This is this is the love I've dreamed of. This is oh my god! It was pure ecstasy. Um, I don't know if this was too erotic for you guys, and frankly, I don't care. That is my truth, and I'm standing in it. Um, it was remarkable. And she was like, I swear, I looked at her and I was like, that's a nice looking lady. Not like, oh my God, you're the... Mo-. But she was she was good looking and she might have been the greatest woman I've ever met in my life. That's all. That's all. That's all I got from 90 seconds of interaction. As they said in The Godfather, that's the lightning bolt. That's what... Michael was hit with in Sicily when he saw Apollonia for for the first time, the lightning bolt. So book review coming to Patreon in a couple of weeks, guys. Thank you. Another plug for the Patreon, patreon.com slash JL Covan. Um, I don't know. It was, it was, uh, uh, it was amazing. It made me so, like, it made me so happy in a dangerous way because I was like, I know the righteous girlfriend agrees with me. But not like this woman. This woman spoke from my soul. Like she didn't agree with me. She we became one on that train. Like I I don't know. I don't know. It was it was it was just fucking amazing. And I was just like, you know, you laugh it off. You're like, wow, that that chick was like right in line with my thinking. That was fucking crazy. That was her, it's kind of nice to see somebody else thinks the same way. Am I right? But in my in my uh, in my heart, I was having like a Bridges of Madison County moment. Where I was like, do I do I just say, uh, oh, I got to go to use the bathroom before your mom picks this up. I got to just use the bathroom in the train station. And then I just say, run away with me. Don't look back. What's that? You're here with your husband and your three kids? Okay, well, just kidding. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. Anyway, guys, that was the train adventure. Now let's do some, and that's all true. Let's do some movie reviews, shall we? Uh, I saw Air. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was good. Uh, I think it could have, Air, by the way, is the movie with Matt Damon and, uh, and, and Ben Affleck and Viola Davis. Um... I do a very funny review of it on the Making Podcast Great Again Patreon. Just a reminder for any of you who subscribe to that. Uh, I liked it. Um, I caught my nephew texting during the movie. Uh, that's like when an evangelical conservative pastor finds out that a ma- family member of his is gay. That's how I felt sitting in a sanctified, holy movie theater. With my nephew knowing that texting during movies is like a cardinal sin in my world. And then I caught him on his phone. And I just felt like, in the words of Don Corleone, What have I done to be so disrespected by you today? Um, you don't even think to call me Godfather. But air is good. I saw it in the local theater in Montclair. Boost gives some, give some money to the local theater, which is very nice. Um, it's a good movie for sure I, I don't know if I'd call it great I thought the ending stretched out a little too long um, but it's you know in the spirit of like a money ball it's kind of like a money ball type movie not quite the social network level that I was sort of hoping for but it was a good movie I'd recommend it for sure um, but then over the weekend I did a double feature I went, uh, went to the mall see two movies the first one was Super Mario Brothers um it's uh it's uh, not that good but I felt like it was for kids. I'm I'm just surprised I see a lot of adults being like it was amazing. It was awesome. I'm like was it? It was like bright and kind of fun but not like I didn't think it was very like particularly good and I don't think any of the voice and I love Jack Black, you know me, but I, I I wasn't particularly impressed with any of the voice acting choices. Um but it's I th- I like and I don't mean this dismissively. I think it's like for kids, it's like a fun movie. Like I saw I saw these fucking these kids coming out like a birthday party, and I gotta say, I know I'm I probably come across justifiably as sort of a lonely, miserable fuck, and I I, I can get lonely sometimes. That's just a nature of life, I guess. But 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 it's really like simple shit that makes me happy, and and just. I walked by, they have like a little party room at the movie theater. It's very simple. It's for like little kids, you know, like hey, your kid turns seven, have a movie theater party. And I, I immediately thought like when I write a script one day, I want to have like an adult who's just like, I'm going to do all the shit that I still want to do, even though it seems insane. And I was like, imagine me and seven of my friends having like a birthday cake at the, in the movie theater party room reserved for generally eight year olds and then just going to see a movie next door. Um, but I saw these, these like 15, uh, like little Latin kids with their parents and they'd clearly just come from like the little birthday party setting and Super Mario Brothers. And they were so fucking happy. They were like, that was the best movie ever. And they were like, the parents were happy and the kids were happy. And I was like, yeah, I didn't think it was that good a movie, but like it, 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 I mean, I laughed a few times in the theater. The, the only people I fucking judged were there was this adult couple sitting next to me. They laughed way too hard at some of the jokes. And I was like, I got to get out of comedy. Because, like, and I, it's a two parter. Because the next movie I saw the same day was Dungeons and Dragons. But at Super Mario Bros., I was like, I wanted to be like, Sir, ma'am. No, it was not. That joke was not nearly that funny unless you are on some sort of hallucinogenic drug no stop it but it's bright it's colorful it's it's family friendly it's but it's for it's for kids i think i'm i think i'm not being a dick when i say it's for kids not in that pixar everybody can love it because the writing is so layered this was more like a this is a fun kids movie a safe movie to take your kids to um if they've if they're familiar with like you know nintendo switch or nintendo wii mario games like they'll enjoy yeah there's some other things that harken back to my era so that's a little tribute for for the older people who are there either as losers like me or parents like some of those happy latin parents who are like yay the kids liked it hooray and i felt like i was like that made me feel that was my favorite thing about super mario brothers it wasn't me watching the movie it was like these kids and these parents seem genuinely happy so that's a nice thing good good job People who made Super Mario Brothers, your target demo, looked like they were leaving the like the, the 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 movies, thoroughly pleased. Then I saw Dungeons and Dragons. Now this one was for me, and I'd like to say thank you to the people who made Dungeons and Dragons. I fucking loved that movie. And I loved it especially because there was so much dry humor. There was plenty of obvious humor, but there was a good amount of dry humor, and these Dumb motherfuckers at Dungeons and Dragons were just like only laughing at the most obvious shit. And I was just like, I just came from a movie where some adult couple heard Mario say like, put the And we're like, Uah! You know, it was white comedy Def Jam with Mario and Luigi. And then Chris Pine is putting in comedy work. And it's like me and some other lonely middle-aged motherfucker sitting like across the theater from me. We're howling because we're like, yes, this is gold. And everybody else is just like, uh, uh, uh. Dungeons and Dragons. I'm going to put it here, right? I'm not saying it's as good as Lord of the Rings. But what it was was, what if you made Lord of the Rings, but instead made it like a witty Ocean's Eleven vibe? I loved it. I, excuse me, burp, whoa. A lot of food today. I loved it. I love it. What movie? Naked Gun 33 and a third or two and a half? I forget. Um, I think it was 33 and a third. Was it? Where he's in the toxic waste and his coat, his his like signal is, I love it. A- anyway, Frank Drebin, Leslie Nielsen, RIP, one of the greats. Um, I, and, and I don't know if it's, I keep saying reggae jean Jean-Page, but is it Reggie Jean-Page? But the motherfucker from Bridgerton crushes it in this movie. Crushes it. They, in fact, they all fucking crush it. Everybody. Even Michelle Rodriguez, not a huge fan of her. She isn't really there to be the, hu- the, the comic relief so much, but she's good. Motherfucking Chris Pine kills it. Kills it. He is giving off, like... Like he gives off Jason Bateman humor vibes, which is high praise from this podcast. He gives off Jason Bateman humor vibes, but with like more Marvel action sensibilities and skills. So that's a that Chris Pine is, I think he's him and his agent, I think they're gonna they're playing a really smart, good long game, which is like he's kind of showcasing the whole the whole talent level he's got incredible oscar nominated dramas like hell, hell or high water where it's just straight drama he's played captain kirk great in the star trek reboots um he kills it in this as like a comedic lead he's good looking enough to be like the good looking leading man like like he, ryan reynolds chris pine to quote dame from creed 3 He's coming for all of it. (laughs) Chris Pine is coming for Ryan. That's my prediction. He is coming for Ryan Reynolds because I'm going to say it right here, right now. I don't care how much you fucking sell Jesus Jones, by the way. I don't care how much fucking tequila and mint mobile shit you sell. You ain't Chris Pine. Chris Pine is coming for you and he is going to take what is rightfully his. Chris Pine... Tremendous. Reggae Jean Page, Reggie Jean Page, tremendous. Great comedic role. Um, and also, some showcases like some really good fighting skills. Um, but everybody in you got this woman who plays, she's like, I forget what her role is, she's like a shapeshifter. She's like a little poor, poor woman's Elizabeth Olsen, but I'm kind of feeling her more than Elizabeth Olsen. You know who I'm talking about if you've seen the movie. Um, black, light skinned black wizard kid, great. Hugh Grant, great. Um, I don't know. It's like, I left the theater. That was like, I saw three movies that, you know, to different demographics this weekend. And, and Dungeons and Dragons was by far my favorite. And not no slight to air and no disrespect to Super Mario. Obviously, that's that's a little different demo, Super Mario. But I think all three hit the mark for what they were aiming for. But Dungeons and Dragons, I fucking loved it. Uh, I really did. I thought it was so good. So, <clears throat> I know this podcast started out in sort of the usual "woe is me" comedy sucks, and and if you fought through, I hope that I hope there was a little bit of difference and nuance in that because the the SNL thing was was both more hurtful but also helped me gain a little bit more perspective. But once you soldiered through that, um. Yeah, you, you I mean, that train ride and, and Dungeons and Dragons made for for quite the way. And I had a lovely dinner with my girlfriend and her family as well. And that was that's obviously important. But but my goodness. Uh, the Lord was risen today. He is risen. And his first item was to send me an angel on New Jersey Transit. So thank you, Jesus Thank you, Lord. Thank you, listeners of this podcast. Thank you, Chris Pine. Um, and thank you, Comedy World. Um, I got two specials that are that are that are that are Chris Pine level in a Ryan Reynolds world. So be scared, be afraid. Most likely they won't have the impact that I think they should, but just on that one in a million chance. I got a double-barreled shotgun of killer specials ready to go. So I hope to have news on those soon. Um, I I, I guess I'd bet on progress being made on Tallboy quicker than half blackface. But either way, I guess, you know, by this summer, you're going to have two two new albums slash two new specials um, that I'm proud of. And I hope if you've uh, stuck with me this long that at least... Even if you're not inclined to give me some some reviews on Apple or Amazon or both or five-star rate, just click the five stars on on a bunch of my albums. If you can't do that, whatever. Who gives a shit, right? I can't keep berating you to do some stupid shit. But these two new albums slash specials, these are are motherfucking killers. So look forward to that because there's no complaining about comedy on those. It's just two fucking hours of of gut punching thought provoking murder on stage. So I hope you can feel that I'm, I'm trying to leave you on a positive note. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. I got a busy week of work ahead of me. Uh, I'm seeing a play Tuesday. I'm seeing another movie Friday. So, uh, Patreon people, if you haven't joined the Patreon, give it a chance, but if you don't care about that, uh, fine. But if you do, or you're already a subscriber, I'll get you another bonus episode the end of this week, um, a book review show the week after, and then hopefully you'll be able to start sharing some exclusive clips from Tallboy uh, also with the Patreon people. So uh, it's worth joining, I think, if you're a fan. But, uh, you know, if you are a real JL fan, then you know not showing that you're a JL fan is the hallmark of being a JL fan. It's quite the Catch-22. Well, thank you for listening, guys. Have a great week, and I will see you next Tuesday.